Hey, this is Pastor Steve Berger with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We want to thank you for listening today. And remember, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. God bless you. We pray that this is a blessing for you today. Now, it's important for me to start this podcast today letting you know that it is the morning of November 9th, which means the election just happened. And really, as we're talking, is still unfolding kind of in the final stages. And so um, as this gets listened to over the days and weeks and months ahead, then I need to put this timestamp on it because things could change a little bit. And I want to let everybody know exactly when it is that I'm saying what I'm saying. So with that out of the way, uh, I was up until 3.30 this morning uh, watching the election, watching the returns come in, and probably like a lot of people was really, really shocked because everybody got it wrong. Everybody got wrong what um, they were anticipating, what they were predicting. Um, nobody got it right. Nobody that I heard of, and I pay attention to this, I've got friends at the highest level of government in the, in the nation, and nobody anticipated what happened actually happening. Um, and, you know, we're, we're hearing all the political stuff, uh, who, you know, is this going to cost Trump um, in the future? Has he lost? And is DeSantis up now? Is he the new leader? And, you know, just all the political stuff. And so, I'm good and fine with all that, and I've you know got whatever my own opinions, but that's not the point of what I want to talk to you about today. What I want to talk to you about today is what's far more important. I'm so unbelievably concerned about the heart of our nation and so concerned about the action or really the inaction of the church that I'm going to tackle the election from a spiritual standpoint and not a political standpoint. Okay. Now I'm going to start off giving you some, some, uh, political, uh, thoughts, but then really interpret those through the lens of what's happening spiritually in America. I'm going to say this again and again and again. If you've listened to me at all, you hear me say this. My hope is not in politics. My hope isn't in the Republicans or the Democrats or the independents. My hope for America being healed is the Lord Jesus Christ. My hope for America being healed is God doing something so profound that it does two things. It revives the church and it awakens the lost that causes people then to have an encounter with God that's so real that it activates them to make decisions about life and living and government that contributes to righteousness in the nation. And what we're seeing right now in our nation, um, to be very, very blunt, is um, it's really disheartening. The election results that have come in so far have further proven to me that the heart, the spirit, 
of the United States is much sicker than I even anticipated. And friends, I, I believed it to be unbelievably sick, okay? Um, so this isn't a, a happy, cheerful kind of uh, podcast today by any stretch, but it is a serious look at reality from a spiritual standpoint and how spiritually and politically the church has to wake up to what's happening in the United States of America. Because if the church doesn't wake up, I really fear for the future of our country as we've known it. And that's not being an alarmist. That's not being a defeatist. It's just looking at history and realizing, again, the church in Russia couldn't have imagined the communist revolution. The church in China couldn't have imagined the communist revolution. The church in Germany couldn't have imagined the fascist revolution with Hitler, right? Entire societies throughout human history couldn't imagine that things would ever get as bad as they, oh my gosh, all of a sudden have just got so bad because they weren't able to read the, the signs of the times. They couldn't see where things were headed. And so I again want to shout from the rooftops, America as a whole needs to wake up and the church in America needs to wake up. So let me try to take um, a spiritual look at what's happening politically, kind of interlock the two and help you understand some things about how absolutely disastrous the election has been at this point. Now, it's not without a bright spot here or there, don't get me wrong, but I'm telling you, when we compare what happened to what should have logically and spiritually happened, this was a disaster for our entire country. Oh, this was a disaster for the Republicans. No, this was a disaster for the heart, the soul, the mind, of America. Let me, let me read some statistics here for you, okay? Prior to the election, leading up to the election, 78% of Americans believed that the direction of the country was going in the wrong direction. 78% of Americans, you can't get 78% of Americans to agree on anything, but 78% of Americans said the, the country is going in the wrong direction. Now, let me tell you what that was based on. The absolute worst inflation in 40 years. The absolute worst collapse of wages in 40 years. The worst crime waves in 30 years. We're, we're, listen to me. You've got governmental uh, hopefuls, people who are running for government, uh, excuse me, governor uh, offices, people running for the Senate who are wanting to release massive amounts of criminals back out into the streets and say the most ludicrous things like, oh, it won't affect the safety of the population. 
when the safety of the pop population is already at the worst crime wave in 30 years. And so let's release more murderers and rapists, but oh, it won't affect people's safety. Is this insanity, friends? Is this part of the madness that God promised the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy 28, 28, where he said, if you in rebellion break the covenant that you have with me, I will send madness, blindness, and confusion of heart on the land. I think we're seeing that madness. We've got people running for mayors and governors and Senate seats that want to defund the police. No wonder there's a crime wave that's horrible. No wonder streets are turned into homeless encampments with no regard for the law. No wonder we've got smash and grab going on, theft going on, because you know what, if I steal $900 or less, I'm not gonna get in trouble. We wonder why we have crime to the degree that we are when we live in such a mad, lawless society. No wonder things are so bad. We've got the worst border crisis in U.S. history. We know for a fact over 2 million illegal aliens have crossed the southern border um, in the last two years. Two million, that's just that we know of. We know that many of them have horrific criminal records from the countries that they've come from. We know that many of them, we've caught them, have been terrorists. Who haven't we caught? And what have they uh, planned for the future of America in terms of terror? We don't even know that. What about the fentanyl crisis that's coming from across our southern border? It is the number one killer of 18 to 45-year-olds in the United States. And our southern border is wide open while the current administration says, oh no, we've got it under control, it's safe, it's secure. You ask the illegal immigrants when they're coming across the border, hey, do you think the borders are open? Yes, we love the president, the borders are open. They know the borders are open. They're carrying the flags of the nations that they're coming from and even trying to impale our border guards with foreign flags as they break into our country illegally. And the ACLU says we need to treat them nicer while they're trying to kill and impale our border officials. If that isn't the epitome of madness, I don't know what is. And finally, Customs and Border Patrol literally sends a tweet last week telling the ACLU, and I quote, you can go to hell. Friends, this is madness. This is blindness. This is confusion of heart. This is spiritual to the core. We have sown to the wind and we have reaped a whirlwind. Why else does 75% of America think that we're going in the wrong direction? The list goes on. Biden is the least popular president since Harry Truman. Why else do we think that, that America is going in the wrong direction? Because it is that president 
who apparently has so slandered and demonized nearly half of the country that the other half of the country came out in record numbers to vote against the party that's trying to bring some safety and sanity to our country. I know personally, friends, that slander and and false accusation and lying and demonizing people works. And the sitting president of the United States has unleashed that kind of slander, that kind of false accusation against half the country. And it seems like it works. So what does that tell us? It's just gonna continue. In fact, it's probably going to get even more aggressive in the days that are ahead. No wonder, no wonder 75%, 78% feels like, man, we're going in the wrong direction. People know in their knower, man. I mean, in their hearts, they know. This is craziness. It's, it's wacky. Now, I've entitled this podcast, It's the Salt's Fault. I know people want to blame this politician or blame this political party. Do you know where I lay personally as a follower of Jesus? Do you know where I lay the vast majority of the blame for, for apparently how this election's gonna end up? I lay it at the feet of the church. I believe it's the salt's fault. I believe it's, it's laid at the feet of those of us who Jesus has called to be salt and light, to be engaged, to, to function in part as, as a, um, a, a preserving force in our nation's godly heritage, we have completely, I mean, not completely, there's a lot of people that are out there doing good stuff, but by and large, we have dropped the ball. We have bought into the lie of separation of church and state. We've got pastors who are too cowardly to speak up and to challenge their people and to get their people engaged. Why are they cowardly and afraid? They're afraid that they're going to what? They're gonna get slandered. They're gonna get attacked. They're gonna get canceled. So they hold back from speaking the truth. Weak pastors, weak people in the pews, and a weak effect as it relates to our elections. When I tell you that there are supposedly 60 million evangelicals in the United States of America, that half of them don't even, aren't even registered and half of the registered don't even vote. I mean, those are the numbers. Nobody really disputes that. So conservatively, 15 million, 15 million registered followers of Jesus don't even vote. Do you know the difference that that would make? It would make a massive difference. We would then be able to be salt and light. We would be able to demand, like our forefathers instructed us to, we would be able to demand that we get people of the highest integrity in our elected offices. But we don't. We don't engage. We sit back. The vast majority of us 
do absolutely nothing. And if you do do something and you try to other encourage other people to do something, oh, now you get labeled as a Christian nationalist or you get labeled as someone who's no longer serious about preaching the gospel, but you, you just, you've gotten political or whatever. And I just want to tell people, y'all, this isn't about being political. This is about being biblical. It's about understanding that righteousness exalts a nation and sin is a reproach to any people. This is about understanding that those that rule must rule in the fear of God. But we don't seem to care about that because we can't imagine that things are really going to get that much worse. I can't help but think of the parable of the wheat and the tares. What did Jesus say? While men slept, an enemy came in and did this. Friends, I'm just telling you, the vast majority of the church is asleep at the wheel. At least those, of a, those people who say they're part of the church, those who confess an, an evangelical born-again experience in Jesus, just asleep. And because we're asleep, an enemy has come. And we've got people winning Senate seats, people winning governor seats, people winning congressional seats, people winning presidential seats who stand against so much of what God stands for. And they do their godlessness while they confess a belief in God. They call that which is evil good and that which is good evil. Those are the days that we're living in, friends. This election to me And then listen to me, I thought America was sick, but this election proved to me we're sicker than I even thought. How sick can you be when you've got socialists, Marxists defunding the police, pro-homosexual, pro-abortion, pro-transgender, pro-mutilation, pro-drag queen story hour people running and platforms supporting all that? How sick can you be? When you affirm those things, how sick can you be when you elect and re-elect politicians and platforms who affirm and celebrate those things? How sick can you be when you sit back and do nothing but stay asleep because you're comfortable in your little world? You're happy with your little soccer travel team. You're happy with your vacations every week that you take with, you know, uh, uh, your week's vacation you take multiple times a year. Friends, I'm telling you, we are entering a time in the United States of America, I promise you, where all of a sudden, comfortable people are going to start being uncomfortable. And then they're going to wake up and say, how did this happen? And the rest of us who have been awake and sounding the alarm for years, decades, we're going to look at them and say, why haven't you listened? Why didn't you hear? We've been blowing the trumpet. But you were so content. You were so comfortable. You were so complicit in your inaction that you became good for nothing, 
but to be trampled under the feet of men. Friends, let me say again, I am more convinced than ever the Republicans are not our solution, independents are not our solution, and Democrats are not our solution. If the people of God in this country don't seriously humble themselves and pray and seek God's face and turn from their wicked ways, if we don't start crying out to God like Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter one, if we don't start praying heartbroken prayers over the utter cluelessness and callousness and complicity of the church, complacency of the church, and how complicit we are, it's both. If we don't start addressing these things, friends, I'm just telling you, we're in trouble and we're getting in more and more trouble all the time. What's it gonna take before the church in America wakes up? I don't know. But I'm here to say from a spiritual standpoint, I believe what happened in America on November 8th, 2022, it's the salt's fault. Why don't you think about subscribing to this podcast? Why don't you think about sharing it? Why don't you help help us get the word out and see if we can't wake some people up? The health of the church depends upon it and the health and future of this nation depends upon it. Let's believe God to do something amazing in this nation, but it's only gonna happen. He's given us the prescription. We better humble ourselves before God. We better pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways because then and only then will he hear from heaven, forgive our sin and heal our land. God's given us one prescription for national healing. We've tried everything else. When are we gonna get serious about God's single prescription that'll make us better? The church needs to decide that. All right, please be prayerful. Please, please wake up where you need to wake up. Please pray and seek God's face and turn from your wicked ways wherever you need to and encourage others to do the same. And let's believe God that the salt can regain its flavor again by a miracle of God. Let's believe for that together. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We'll see you soon. We'll talk to you soon. And we'll see if the elections uh, change that much. But uh, please pray. Pray for the church. Pray for America. Pray for revival and awakening. In Jesus' name, amen.